Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Shredded Ed, Cardio Johnny, Paul C, Matt Mork Super Troll, and Brazil Hadley. The best infotainment show around where you'll hear us joke, banter, and debunk all the nutritional myths you've heard time and time again, helping you get fit, healthy, and shredded. Are we on? Recording? Yeah. Oh shit. Three, two, one. Welcome, boys, to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. Just boys or boys hey. and girls? Or are you talking to us? Just not to you. Oh, okay. And for I once, thought... it's not just it's not just bread. Yeah, okay. it's not the bread show. So <laughs> I thought I'd have a different intro. Um, what are we episode seventeen? Seventeen. I've got it right on my head. Yeah. 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 Sounds about right. Yes. Went on our way to a hundred. Yes. Kind of seventeen. Sort of. For- First off, I just want to apologise that it's late, that it's not out on the Monday as it always is, but we had an extra special busy weekend, so it's taking a little time to get the, uh, or find some time to record it, I suppose. And where were we on this extra special weekend? Yeah, where were we, Ed? We were in the centre of England, pretty much. That's Meriden. In in Loughborough, all together, and the MNU Fat Loss Conference, we uh, five of us joined together um, to listen to some great speakers on various different subjects. Some of them a bit sciencey, some of them a bit more practical. Um, Yeah, but whatever the content was, however good it was, it was just nice all for us to be together. I was going to say I was not there for the MNU conference. I was there for the burger date and to hook up with my boys. The burgers were, they were pretty good. They were pretty good. I know the meat was a touch tough, but they were pretty good burgers. Not bad. Not bad at all. No, I'd like, like to point out that Lafra isn't in the centre of England. It's north. <laughs> north. Anything past the Watford Gap service station is north. And to be honest, I'd argue anything north of the Thames is north. But there we go. Just side. Oh, all right, geezer. All right, all right, son. Yeah. Let's not get leery right now, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I got a lot of that this weekend from various people. Most, most of the people on the course seem to be very northern. I don't know if you mm. noticed that. Yeah. We're strong. We're strong up here. Well. <laughs> yeah. Well. That's right, I agree. But yeah, it was a good weekend. <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, it, it was a all right. After rescuing uh, Brett's terrible booking skills. <laughs> yeah so so for those listening i booked a restaurant that is now closed and permanently he, he didn't just book it though he bigged up the fact he was going to do this burger challenge all on here i think last week and on his instagram yeah i'm gonna do this burger challenge rah, rah, rah. and then the restaurant doesn't even exist <laughs> i was devastated i was literally devastated i was so looking forward to that challenge Luckily, the Southerner Morgan came and say, like Southerners do. Yeah, so if anyone's ever in Loughborough, Fenways, it's not bad. It's pretty good. It's a good burger. Yeah, yeah you can pretty much Fenways. just add whatever you want to them, can't you? So. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if everyone's seen it, go, go check out, obviously, Brizzle Hadley on Instagram. Go check out the burger. In fact, I think we'll all probably post a picture of them now, haven't we? I think so. Yeah. Sweet. So, um, quick, Ed, what's your week been like? Quick round up. Let's catch up. Um... Good. <laughs> Short sweet <laughs> fight. Matthew yeah. Morgan. Oh, lots going on. Uh, personal life stuff like that. So very, very tired. I now know what Johnny feels like uh, when you get work No, no. <laughs> stuff going on. But I mean, it's uh, lack of sleep just messes with your mind. I can see right. how um, 
I, I'm going off a tangent as we like to do. I can see how being tired and feeling tired can really muck up your diet and stuff just because you just can't be bothered to do anything. You just go for whatever's there. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I, I like, just under the chip on that, I like the fact that everyone goes, I know what Johnny's like. Everyone seems to forget that I've got a baby only two weeks older than his. Yeah, but yours is more well-behaved than Johnny's, isn't it? <laughs> nah, I'm just a machine. I, either that or it's just a perception. You, you're just bossing daddy life. Yeah, I am. I am. Either it's that no or... you. It's almost a compliment, I'd say. <laughs> hey. Really? I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah. Maybe Whereas we should Johnny get Jenna on for an episode. And see what she's discuss says. what is really <laughs> yeah. 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 How neglectful that Brett is. <laughs> I might... I might... Keep running off to do podcasts. <laughs> Weekends away, burgers. Harsh. Harsh. Hey, uh, we know you're, you're daddy of the year almost. Between you and Johnny. Thanks, mate. Yeah, anytime, pal. How are you? How are you been? Yeah, yeah, all good. All, all cracking on, still bulking. Um, still fat and all that. And nothing else has really changed. So I'll tell you one thing, actually, just going back to the weekend, how cool is Powerbase? And how yeah, cool is all cool. the train together? It was good. Yeah, we need to Although own I, our own gym. I did rapidly fade fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Morgan, the ten-minute wonder. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think you probably had too much pre-workout. So, um, yeah, I guess the uh, endeavour did not endeavour to do well with you. Uh, I think you know. I really enjoyed that. I just think I was fairly low calorie going into it, and then yeah, I had too many M and M's. I was going to say, well, the, the, the M&M's wouldn't suggest that, mate. The amount of caramel M&M's you smash. I, mean, I actually want to big shout out to Sean, actually, for supplying those M&M's because he's an absolute legend. And then, of course, I had the Endeavour, which was delicious, um, if slightly tingly after a while. Mm. But, um, yeah, I just think I crashed. Because I remember saying to you, I can't remember what I said to you, Brett, but I definitely said, yeah, join this, just keep going. And then about 10 minutes later, I was like, I'm done. Went even 10. <laughs> he hadn't even paid his money to get in the gym and he had already crashed. <laughs> I think, honestly, I think your words were more like, oh, I've got loads in me yet. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I just crashed. Yeah. Just crashed. And then, and then the YouTube jokers got me panicked about the food because you were doing like a two hour long bro session. Well, we enjoyed it. Ed was just putting me through my paces. We yeah. paid 10 quid to get in. I was getting every pound's worth, every penny's worth. <laughs> I bet you were, you northerner. <laughs> you were. <laughs> that was good, that was incredible. Human. To be honest, it does make me review, want to review my current gym status. I said this to my buddy during the week, that uh, training-wise, that I'd love to be able to move gyms, I think. At the minute, maybe not convenient for some personal reasons and stuff, but I'd love to go to a gym that is a bit more motivating. Yeah. So we're going to see. You're going to write a balance between busyness, coolness, equipment, and just general vibe, right? Because it's, yeah. it's really, really cool gyms by me, uh, like equipment-wise, but the, the atmosphere in there is just non-existent. Yeah. This is why you should all move my way, and you should all come and train at Strength Asylum, because the atmosphere's there, the equipment's oh, there. Oh, yeah, we know. <laughs> Eddie Hull, Oh, yeah, I, I train with Jordan Peters. <laughs> I'm I know Eddie. Me and I'm, Eddie are pals. I am the atmosphere. <laughs> well, one day, one day that's the dream. Anyway, well, maybe one we'll come visit. We're we'll waiting so wait for the invite still. <laughs> yeah, fair point actually. You're on. You know? Anyway, right. I'm going to call this to move on to some content because obviously we're a little short on time. So we were going to finish off the second part of the Q and A because we've still got some questions left. Yeah. So. Um, 
I will start. Um, who wants to take the first question without knowing what it's going to be? Ooh. Well volunteered. Well volunteered, Matthew. Right. So, uh, Rachel Giuliano, I'm hoping that's, or Giuliano? Might be Giuliano. 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 I'm assuming it's Giuliano, I think. No, Giuliano, I reckon. Either or. Italian, I reckon. You've got to put an accent on it. Giuliano. There we go. Let's, yeah, if we butchered that, Rachel, please tell us because. Yeah, it's probably sorry. not even Italian. Um, <laughs> 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 oh dear. Anyway, Rachel says, do we have any tips on staying consistent? So I'm assuming she means consistent with her diet and not training, um, although there might be some crossover. Yeah. So I guess is first things first, this is a very personal question to people. Like what works for me or works for Brazil or Johnny or whatever. Well, not Johnny at the moment. He's definitely not consistent. He's consistently um, eating cereal. He's consistently eating all the cereal. So I, I suppose he's consistent. Um, but different for everyone, right? But I think for me, getting consistent is getting into a bit of a routine. Um, I think that if you start, like when I start dieting, my first week is always a bit off, like struggling to get into it. Um, you know, a bit of a routine and stuff, maybe calories over a few days. By the second week, I've got into that routine and stuff's like bang on. Like I tend to eat, be a bit boring in a day. So my setup would be, um, you know, very boring breakfast, if anything at all. Same with lunch, pretty much the same stuff every other day. And then I keep myself on track by almost, I guess, having uh, a nice dinner, which is, you know, the bulk of my calories for the day. So that means that, I have something to look forward to in the evening. So I'm less likely to go off track in the day. So, you know, for me, the worst situation would be have all my calories at breakfast, a small lunch, and then have nothing to look forward to going home to. So in terms of consistency and staying on track, that's, you know, a big thing for me. Um, I've realized over time, ignoring all the, you can't eat after six, you can't do this stuff. And um, other things I do is, it's really boring really, but try and just get set times in the week um to do stuff so if i'm gonna if i'm gonna train for example and i'm gonna say i'm gonna train at two o'clock which is my usual time even if i don't feel like going i will try and go and um, because nine times out of ten you feel better once you've gone and done that and got that out of the way um and i i find there is a bit of correlation between um, you might disagree with this but i find a bit of correlation between actually going and exercising to be more consistent with my, my dietary intake. So I feel like if I'm consistent with exercise, I don't want to waste it necessarily by I'm doing that with a load of calories uh, if I'm dieting or you know even too few calories if I'm trying to bulk. Um, you know, there is that. So that's my take on it. Uh, maybe a bit boring. Just kind of off the back of that, my I think mine would be very, very similar, just so I can kind of sandwich these two together. Um, I think like by having routine and by almost keeping things that doesn't matter if they're the same, the same, um, that kind of keeps consistency really, really good. Like you're saying, you know, most mornings, if I'm in work, I have the same breakfast. If I'm not in work, then I'll have the same breakfast at home. So I'm not there going, oh, what can I have for breakfast today? And then I accidentally have six eggs, three rounds of toast and a massive bowl of porridge. Um, so just by having the same that I know is something that is you know calories work well it's going to leave me with plenty for the rest of the day by doing that um 
that helps me sort of stay on track, especially when dieting and even when bulking and trying to get more calories in. Um, you know, if I, if I go, if I don't have much of a breakfast, then I'm going to be eating a lot of food later in the day if I'm trying to gain weight. So yeah, yeah, just to same. circle back around to that point that you made around keeping the foods the same. So for me, where I work is a, is a large corporate building. Um, the canteen is incredible. Like probably the most amount of choice you will have in a work building. Uh, it's insane, like pizzas, et cetera, et cetera. But for breakfast, there is tons of stuff there. Um, for me, going in there hungry is dangerous because of uh, too much choice. So simple things like limiting your choice, having food pre-prepared. I don't really like prepping food. Um, but if I'm in a large deficit, having a meal prepared, and even though if I don't fancy it, getting that down me, um, because then that way... I've eaten and I'm not hungry, so I don't really feel the need to go and get those foods. Um, so, yeah, it's just kind I of think making it I a bit boring almost. I think, I mean, in my head, I was thinking one thing, and you've all said exactly what I was thinking. But the overarching thing I was thinking was more like it's all about setting yourself up for your environment to win. All the things you mentioned are all things you would do to set yourself up for your environment. Because obviously, like prepping your meals, so you don't have to choose, or saving calories till night time, so you don't sit there at night time if you know night times where you struggle because you're in front of the TV, you're bored, you just want to eat chocolate. Um, like Ed, keeping things consistent, so you've got a habit and a routine. Just they're all things that kind of just set yourself up your environment, so you don't fail. I think that's what it's all about, kind of like having this habits or routines, and sometimes even having a plan B, um, which could be like, well, you know, you know, for well, if your job something like say maybe where you struggle to stay consistent it's about like well i know that if any chance i have to go out for lunch because someone decided i have to go out for lunch last minute i know that then i've got a low calorie micro meal in the freezer that i can just ping out in the evening to then replace something so they kind of then got a plan b so you know if one thing happens you've got an answer to it so for example just stuff like that isn't it yeah a good point actually and um, a bit of an extreme one but something i do if i am dieting um or if it's a fairly harsh deficit not necessarily a normal deficit um but if i'm dieting i live at uh on a road at the bottom of the road there are shops and there is a fish and chip shop that is the best in the world i will have no one else tell me otherwise and if i'm walking home i have to walk the long way around to avoid that just because if i smell it and i'm hungry this you before you know it you're you know yeah. You're at the that, that might be an extreme example but you're right if you know that you go there and you struggle and you've done it time and time again you've just gone oh, all right i'll just have them tonight next time don't go past it go around it even if it is a bit longer and think of the extra steps the extra calories burned well yeah there is that as well that's yeah, yeah. all that extra neat but yeah i think food environments often it's a bit of a weird one right like as much as you should be flexible you should have dietary choices there is a, an element of you know keeping it boring can make things a little bit easier sometimes um until you're home and you're having something you you can enjoy not necessarily junky but and if you haven't got certain foods in your house then you, you can't really eat them without going out so a good, i think a good good tip on that as well actually what both dan davies and sophie kelly both said on the podcast here in that like don't buy multi-packs of stuff like if you know you're going to eat one Kit Kat and then eat the rest of the bag, like uh, or packet of Kit Kats. Just buy them singles. Don't buy. Yeah. Don't have them in the house. It's like soaring banana bread. They come. They come in like a pack of five, the little lunchbox ones. And I think, yeah. oh, that's brilliant. They're only like hundred calories, and they are quite filling, but they're so good. So like, I'll have one more. 
Mm. Before I know, I'll smash the pack and that's five, six hundred calories of banana bread. Delicious. Yes. Eddie, have you got anything else to add on that, mate? No, no, I think you've hit the spot. Did you talk about yeah. the calendar it, thing? No, that's what I said. The only thing I was yeah. going to add is obviously we did kind of uh, mention it off before as we were talking about it. And something Martin said, which has always stuck with me and I've used it with a couple of people and it's actually worked really, really well. It's just, um, and it can work, in, I suppose there's other models or ways you can do it, but a good idea is to have like a calendar and like mark off something. So it might be a case of, I want to stick to my calories. So what I'm going to do is every time I stick underneath my calories, I'll mark off uh, an X on my calendar for that day and obviously see what kind of streak I can get. Or it might be, I'm going to avoid alcohol. So well, I'm not drinking a life. I'm, I mean, this is the, that's the scenario I used it in. Uh, um, one of the clients we used to work with used to have a beer every, or a couple of beers every night because he just felt stressed and that's what he needed. So got him to start checking it off. And to be honest, it's massively surprising how powerful that was. Um, just because you like, I don't know, the human mind is almost programmed to not want to mess it up, not break that streak. You know, I mean, it's like gamifying stuff almost. Like people don't want to lose streaks in games. I mean, I've got like... My fitness like you, my fitness yeah, I, do not break, I do not break my streak of tracking because it's just like it comes up every day or every five days and I'm hitting up a streak and it's like, oh, I don't want to I don't want to stop it now. It's the same principle. And to be honest, it works really, really well. So that might be an idea. Just start yourself a little calorie, um, a calorie, a calendar, and then obviously check it off with whatever your goal is, whether it is sticking to your calories or whether it's going for a run, um, you know, doing your exercise session or whatever you want to stay consistent with. Um, one tiny little point just as you were saying that um, consistency doesn't have to be like 100% every time as well if you aim for like 85 or 90% and try and you know stick around that so you don't have to be like a perfectionist to be consistent so you know you might have you might be trying to eat relatively clean and relatively like single ingredient foods um, you know all the time and say, say that's kind of what you're doing to try and help you lose that weight and create that calorie deficit and then you have a chocolate bar one day does that mean that you've failed if you're kind of roughly still within your calories so you kind of gone a bit like okay well I had the chocolate bar so I've gone for an extra 15-20 minute walk okay it might be there or thereabouts for equating for the calories the extra calories you've eaten um now that to me would still be consistent that wouldn't be like a fail and say you did do the marking off on the calendar thing um I I think you could still mark that off because that's still you know within with that kind of, you know eighty five ninety percent sort of thing as long as you haven't gone off the rails yeah. um yeah just oh, you're right in that they're like we've we've said it before consistency beats perfection every time so yeah. if you're consistently thereabouts it's going to be better than trying to be hundred percent perfect of course and you're more likely right. to succeed as well cool right hopefully answered that Rachel and like I said if you butchered your name blame Matthew uh right. Victoria Raxton. So, Ed, one of uh, in your group, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, she had a question about salt, and she knows it's bad. And since having a baby, has started to take more notice of this in labels. So, what is our allowance, and how do I know what's in things when I'm eating out? Give it to you, then, mate. So, the allowance is about six grams a day. Ish, yeah. Ish, yeah. It's about six grams somewhere around there. The recommended nutrient intake. Um, yeah. So, but I mean, unless you're tracking your food, which I'm pretty sure Victoria, she's a sporadic tracker, I think. Um, so, unless you're tracking your food, and unless all of the salt intake of each product is in when you well in the, in the details when you record it, 
you're never going to know exactly where you're up to. So avoiding things like processed foods and stuff like that is obviously going to chop that massive, massive hint of uh, hit of that salt out. So eating single ingredient foods and things like that. If you go over one or two days, it's not going to be the end of the world for you at all, unless you're like literally like tipping back your head and pouring in the um, salt packets in your mouth. Like you're not going to be. Um, you're not going to be going over. Uh, a few little tips if you are conscious about your salt and, and wanted to keep it down, don't add it to foods, don't overly season foods, don't add it, if don't season foods and then add it on top of when you've plated it up as well. Um, yeah, what, just stop you on there, mate. Did you see the amount of salt Matt Morgan put on his plate at the weekend? I even had to comment how much salt. Do you know what his response was? Let's just put loads more on. <laughs> well, you know my my opinions on salt. I won't stay and state them, but my my opinions on salt are in line with Martin's opinions on salt. Uh, Martin's dead against salt, clearly. Yeah, he's not. Hates it. Hates it. <laughs> I mean, I think he's one of those, so overrated. You, there's a lot of debate around you know the relationship with blood pressure and stuff like that. So. Not go out and say eat a ton of salt, but not eat enough salt is just as bad as eating a ton of salt. Yeah, uh, just, just just because it is a part of Rachel's question, she knows Rachel. Sorry, Victoria. She knows um, salt is bad. So, I guess that's what you're about to uh, discuss, right? Yeah, I mean, it isn't bad. It isn't good. It's you know, unless you take it to extremes, either end. I would say, in my opinion. Um, but you know, I'm loath to go against what maybe it's it's yeah. I think it's one of those things where like if a doctor's telling you to reduce your salt intake because of things like increased blood pressure, etc., we're obviously not. It's not in scope of our practice to tell them not to do that because we believe salt's fine, is it? But I mean, funny enough, I actually went through the salt lecture today, genuinely, um, and they, I think like you alluding to Martin's opinion is that it's. I mean, he once said it's like wouldn't be in the top 100 things he would change to uh, improve someone's health. Because essentially, I guess a lot of the research that shows things like how an increase in salt intake can increase blood pressure and obviously a massive reduction can obviously reduce blood pressure to low blood pressure. Um, they're, they're almost like correlation stuff because obviously it's like, well, a lot of these people are getting their salt from processed junk foods, like Ed said, you know. So... Like some of the, I think it's the the Kuna, um, Kuna uh, tribe, obviously one of the blue zones, where they are like the healthiest people, some of the healthiest people on the planet, the most concentration of centenarians. They have an extremely massively high salt intake, like huge. Yet, you know, they're, they're, none of them have issues with cardiovascular disease or coronary, art, um, coronary artery. Coronary artery. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Something or other. <laughs> I can't remember who said it, where it was said, but someone, you know, had a really, in fact, actually, I do remember what it was. It was my fiance listening to one of her medical podcasts. She's revising for her final GP exams. And it was talking about the risk of things. And it wasn't related to salt, but it was related to, you know, things to concentrate on. If you have concerns with blood pressure, then yes, look at your salt intake. But if you are obese on the BMI scale or overweight on the BMI scale then reducing your weight will reduce your blood pressure more than the salt potentially will yeah you could you could have a relatively moderate or high salt intake but if you're overweight 
it's the overweight that's causing that high blood pressure and not the salt. If anything, I just kind of see that as a bit of an excuse or a bit of a, um, I can't think of the word I'm trying to think of, um, but you're trying to sort of pass off the obvious for the kind of um, an excuse almost. I can't, yeah, the, I know I'll, the word will come to me later, and everybody's probably screaming it at me. Um, but yeah, you, you're trying to, you know, if you're if you're if you're massively overweight, the trace? No, yeah, 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 exactly. It's like you know, you kind of you're in denial almost about the the fact that you know probably what the cause of that high blood pressure or you know whatever side effects of being overweight, um, maybe what your doctor's telling you or whatever. So, um, I, th- I think it's one of those things. If you're if you're not overweight and you've ruled out lots of other reasons why your blood pressure might be affected, you might then look at salt. Yeah. You might think, oh, okay, well, now we'll look at salt, I think. I yeah, mean, I, mean, I mean, given me, like, using myself as an example, and we should never use this in isolation, um, but high blood pressure runs both sides of my family, um, and my salt, salt intake is excessive. Like, I know it is. I have too much salt everything. I do Lucas things like... I should really admit this on a nutrition podcast, but sometimes I'll dip my bread in some salt, a bit of olive oil, delicious, flakes of sea salt. Um, my salt intake is excessive, but then I regularly monitor my blood pressure just because it's one of those geeky things to do, right? And again, the missus has the equipment. Um, and it's fine. So like, you know, if if I was, or well, probably when I look back to when I was more overweight, and as you know, with corporate stuff, we get free health testing, I look at my blood pressure back when I was more overweight or a lot more overweight. My blood pressure did improve with weight loss, not changing my salt intake. I, I actually tried to change my salt intake. My blood pressure did very little. It was the weight coming off. And again, that's anecdotal, right? You, I'm not saying that's what everyone, but I do think there is a bigger correlation with the weight rather than the salt. However, if your doctor tells you to reduce your salt intake, reduce your salt intake because doctors are the experts. Even cool. if they're wrong, they're still the experts. Nice. Oh. So if only Charlotte's you can see Ed's face on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, Charlotte will um, track you down. <laughs> sure, sure, no, sure. I mean, actually, we've, we've, to be fair, um, you can imagine what this household is like because she's very evidence-based, obviously, being a doctor. But, like, it's quite cool to have someone who understands the research and stuff like that to talk with um, and get into silly little debates about stuff with various bits of evidence whatever it may be the, the thing is mate not all not all doctors are evidence-based as much as the, you'd like no, to think no, it would be i mean no, obviously no. authority syndrome is a real thing and that people will believe anything anyone says in a position of authority and um i do think it's good to be skeptical about that and look for your own evidence i'm not saying obviously you just dismiss what a doctor says because you think oh all doctors are shit because that's not obviously true but there are like don't I, I i'm of the opinion personally that you should do your own research off the back of what a doctor tells you and then make a decision on whether you f- believe it's right to follow or not yeah um, my only concern again going off the time, my only concern with that is you get the the googlers right so yeah oh, sure, I, sure, I, sure. I, i've done my research i googled and the first result was, um, you know, X, Y, Z, I'm going to go and do something fairly dangerous, like skew modern medicine or something like that. So I kind of get your point, Brizzle, but yeah, I'm... Take it with a pinch of salt, everything. I would get a second opinion from another doctor if you don't 
Why? Yeah, maybe that's a bet. Maybe that's a better thing. If you don't feel comfortable enough in terms of like you've actually researched the evidence yourself, and you've just come across some bloody natural therapist who wants to inject bicarbonate soda into your veins or something stupid like that, then um, yeah, maybe go to get a second opinion from another doctor or another professional. But yeah, have a really I mean, good lactic acid, uh, lactic acid buffer or threshold. If you did that, <laughs> <laughs> you had to sprint for days. <laughs> right? Shall we? Um, shall we? Have we done, have done that? Haven't we? We'll, we'll yeah. move on, shall we? Um, take so, with your salt, take it with a pinch of salt. Pinch of salt. Wee <laughs> bants. Um, lads, lads, lads. Right. So, oh, and we did just, just off the back end of that question that she said about eating out. And how do you know when you're eating out? It's like, oh, yeah, you're sure. never going to know. Just don't add extra salt onto your food because they're probably going to have heavily seasoned the food whilst cooking it oh, to make it taste nice. So don't then go and pour a load of salt on top of it to try and extra season it because you don't need to. I can't, I can't but, imagine there's ever a restaurant out there, unless it's a proper health and fitness style cafe or something like that, that they haven't already added salt to food because it's just the done thing in the in the restaurant business let's be honest to make because they want to make the food taste good so. yeah but it is delicious right can we just you know and it is it delicious. Is. cool right so jack jack jackson um he asked what's more important hitting your calorie target or your protein target for the day so basically uh we established that it's basically if you've eaten say um more carbs and fats than you should have done for the day and therefore used up a lot of your calories and now don't have enough calories left to meet your protein target, what's best to go over your calories and meet your protein target or to stay within your calories but not hit your protein target? We're talking what's your goal? dieting. Yeah, we're talking dieting yeah. here. It's the shoe we're talking dieting, right? Yeah. I yeah, think we he, know he's dieting, Jack. so let's say dieting. Yeah. Go on then, Matt. As he just ran off. He's just gone. Go on then, Ed. Go on um, then, Ed. Right, so obviously <laughs> dieting, we know that calories are most important. If you go over your protein, then that sends you over your calories, then you're not going to be losing weight. And if you want to lose weight, you need to stay within your calories. Um, even, oh God, even if... I know we talked the other week about protein and the thermic effect of food of protein. and um, You know, it might not... It might utilize more calories to digest than other ca- than other um, other macronutrients, but I still just wouldn't risk it. I still, you know, if you're if you have one day and you've got like a protein target of 180 grams or 200 grams, and you've only eaten 100 grams of protein for that day, and you've got no calories left, and you're panicking about your protein intake, like it's honestly God, it's one day is not going to make a difference. One week is not going to make a difference. Uh, your recovery might be slightly impaired. You might be a little bit achier, but that's you probably are going to be anyway. I yeah, I don't think you even notice that one day, yeah. would you? No. So one day, it's not going to make a difference. One week, it's not going to make a difference. If you stop training and you basically don't eat any protein for a couple of months whilst you're dieting, then yeah, you probably will notice and you'll probably have a little bit of muscle wastage. But as long as you're training, um, as long as you're hitting your protein intake most of the time, um, it's yeah you know you're going to be perfectly fine but remember calories are king not protein yeah i think your case in point is that like say take your example of 100 grams of protein you've got 200 gram target and you use all your calories well obviously to eat another 100 grams of protein you've got to consume another 400 calories so even taking off say 20 percent from the thermic effect of food that we talked about um obviously that's still what like 
20% of 400, so it's 80. So it's 320 calories net over your thing. So that could obviously be not far off putting you back into a maintenance amount. Yeah. You know, if, if, you're, if you're not on a huge surplus, you need maybe like a moderate um, deficit, that could easily kind of go over. And also, like you said, if your goal is fat loss, then you don't really want to be doing that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, obviously now if you're bulking or whatever or it doesn't matter as much if you go over your calories um, but obviously you don't want to be doing that all the time uh, and again is an extra 50 grams of protein an extra protein serving is that going to make a huge amount of difference probably not um, it, we, obviously we, we talk about optimal levels we talk about um, you know doing things as optimally as possible um, but missing one serving or missing one day or not even you know even if you don't eat protein for a whole day it's not going to like end your life you're not going to all of a sudden make no progress in the gym and you're not going to lose all your muscle like your biceps not going to fall off overnight just because you didn't have that extra chicken breast no no nothing to add matthew no i i concur fully sweet cool Okay, well, uh, we've got another one um, that we took from uh, Geraint Thomas. So uh, his thoughts... As in the, uh, as in the pro cyclist? Uh, I, I don't know. He's in, he's in NME. Now, if he's a pro cyclist, I don't know. He, oh, I know. I've met Geraint a few times. Uh, really? he, yes. was, he was up and coming when I just started racing. He, um, yeah, he, he did a Christmas beach one year. For the cycling thing, which is cool. I, I, it isn't the same, but a cool name nonetheless. So his question was focused around dairy. So what are people's thoughts on it, specifically the theory that it promotes estrogen? Um, I guess the reason he's one or concerned that it might produce promote estrogen would probably mean because obviously he's worried about any uh, sex hormone imbalances in himself, which might lead to any type of bodily developments he doesn't like. Man boobs. Man boobs. I'm assuming. I'm making the assumption. He hasn't said why, but but when when you ever hear men worry about estrogen, that's generally what their concern is. It doesn't really. Okay, maybe your test levels a little bit if you've got more estrogen, so you might not be quite as rampant um, or masculine. But most guys don't really notice that. I suppose um, that's yeah. It's not one they talk about a lot. No, and to be fair, I'd normally hear that was soy than dairy. Even then, I think it's very uh, mythical. I, I think before we jumped on or while we jumped on, I, I did a quick Google search, not to find out the information because I, I think we're probably well, well read up on this, but generally the kind of sites that are saying that kind of stuff are very non-evidence-based. Uh, they either have an agenda. So <laughs> dairy is a very emotional topic. Um you know, I think you've seen a lot of the adverts in the UK recently about you know, the anti-dairy brigade um, pushing their agenda and stuff like that. You know, it's cool if you don't want to drink it for whatever reasons, but there are a whole host of benefits associated with dairy intake. Um, my take would be they, you know, the benefits outweigh the negatives. If you don't want to drink it, then then don't drink it. But it's not, you know, it's very much getting into the realms of hormones affecting body composition i'm guessing that's where the question came from mm-hmm. um and you know what again we've we kind of covered it this weekend right with the conference uh spencer went into the hormones that we, we you know not need to worry about but that we need to be aware of and the, the only real ones are the hunger and 
appetite and stuff. So like obviously feeling the hunger or uh, feeling satiated, the hormones that affect those pathways. Which is not really with estrogen or testosterone or cortisol or any of these other things. <laughs> exactly. And the, the reason they're the ones that matter, that although we can do very little to influence them, is because you're either eating too much or too little, depending on your goals. Um, but the fact we know they exist doesn't mean we can do anything about them. Um, yeah, I mean, anything else to add to that? Like, dairy's got some awesome, awesome health benefits. No, I was, uh, no, the only thing I'd add is like I don't think there's actually any research on that is increasing estrogen. Like, I, well, how? Not, I, how? How? Unless it's like pretty much got estrogen like riddled all the way through it. How? I think it's to do with the fact well, that. So got me. Basically, it's comes from like I guess people in America saying you know they're they're pumped full of hormones. Um, American dairy people say they and I don't know anything about American dairy so correct me if I'm wrong but UK is tightly regulated way um, more than the US yeah we should probably get Alid Zachary on at some point because he I think he grew up on a dairy farm or was it a farm well he grew up on a farm anyway so he's very very knowledgeable on this subject I think just I, I know a bit about that so on that the, obviously the US is very la- uh, the law the regulations and they're very lax so days ago no that's not even the right word very what's the word i'm looking for just lax just just lax here um compared to the the uk in the uk i believe you can't use things like um antibiotics or um sort of things like growth hormones that in the uk at all unless they're actually got something an issue with the cattle so obviously a vet could come and do it if there's if it's sick or ill but obviously in the us they just pump all of them through it because they want to increase milk production and increase like the meat production and stuff as well. Because in the UK, can't have. Yeah, because they don't have any. Yeah, <laughs> fuck Brexit. So maybe in a couple of years, I have dairy and meat production could be. But uh, <laughs> I, the actual the other the other place it comes from is when, you know, circulated in estrogen it would be higher in pregnant um, cattle than it would be in non-pregnant cattle or cattle that just given birth. Um, so it is true they may have more estrogen circulating, but you know, up to twenty times as much. Yeah, but even that doesn't mean anything in itself. It's you know there there is very very little research I've ever seen on this, but I mean my studies, and again, there is no impact. So I mean, it's like saying don't one eat, don't eat chicken that like don't eat a I don't know don't eat a horny beef burger because it's gonna make your testosterone increase in women like it's kind of yeah what's the uh tangent what's the uh if you can inhibit the cows that have myostatin isn't it that's inhibited and they then up super jacked the is it the belgium whatever it is yeah that belgium blues yeah the stead cows yeah i mean don't don't eat them because you're gonna end up turning into like a 40 stone bodybuilder like okay it's not gonna happen <laughs> don't eat that well no if people not are saying if people you know the opposite if it was of, true if it was the opposite if it's true Brizzle we'd be all bang on the Belgian blue burger I say I wanna eat them I wanna <laughs> eat no no I'm just saying like okay so the opposite okay so guys don't wanna drink dairy because of increased estrogen well then females can't go and eat, eat male meat because of the testosterone in it especially if he's maybe a particularly randy cow that you're eating or something like yeah 
It's, yeah, sure. I actually just just on the whole Eastern thing, I did quickly Google something. So there was a study in 2016 by, and I can't even pronounce this, but Gururich, something like that, um, for the effects of dietary estrogens from bovine milk on blood hormone levels. And it was in mice, um, but still, you know, it might take a little something from it. Um, but essentially, they uh, gave mice high estrogen leveled or estrogen found in milk which is up to 20 times what you'd find in your own um in humans anyway um and it had zero effect on the mice only until they gave it thousands times what you'd find in humans did it actually have any detectable effect in the amount of estrogen then held in the mice so basically the point in point in case there is that the they don't believe it has any uh or, or would increase estrogen levels in human beings or mice and also, as a food regulation, you can't sell or produce food that is anywhere within the realms of causing any adverse effects to somebody as well. Uh, we did talk about it in a previous episode, I think. Yeah, we did. That was with the Yeah, exactly the same. Um, I did have a good point on that. Uh, with um, if I'm sh- with rats and steroid studies. Um, so kind of steroids kind of on similar lines with messing with hormones uh they rats and mice are oversensitive compared to humans when it comes to giving them hormones and things like that so that's why you kind of can't really use rat and mice studies to compare with with humans when it comes to hormones if i am correct in thinking that um that's why when people say about steroid studies when they're in rats uh you just yeah you can't use them um but people try to so yeah yeah, cool. human, humans aren't rats. Basically. Well, cool. some maybe. Sure. <laughs> Personality-wise. <laughs> uh, cool. Should we fire, quick fire for a few? A few of the last ones? Have you, you had some of the ones? You want to yeah. Um, so this one keeps coming up time and time again. We, we kind of spoke to a few people in NME or on the Lifelong Lane Project. Um which is an excellent, excellent program if you're interested. Um, so one thing that keeps coming up is how can I not be hungry when I'm on a calorie deficit? So I'll hand it over to either one of you to grab that one. Um, I, f- we I feel like we'll all be on the same page. Tennis? Should we tennis a few answers? Back one. Go on. So my kind of, my starting point is if you're in a calorie deficit for a long period of time, you're going to be hungry because your body is trying to fight against the kind of dieting unless like you've got a lot to lose then you probably won't won't notice it as much but if you are in a calorie deficit and the more severe of a calorie deficit you are in you are going to be hungry like there's not a lot you can do about that you can have a big meal you can have yeah that's just the, the short the short of it but there are a few ways that we can kind of maybe not trick the body but just try and overcome this even for a few hours um and that's what we'll go into that was, yeah. going to be my, that was going to be my point. I was oh, going to say sorry. that. My first point was going to be just accept you're going to be hungry to, yeah, to yeah. some extent. It's going to happen. But okay, so should we start all tennis then? So yeah, yeah. We said things, yeah. enough times. Obviously, increase your protein because protein is shown time and time again to improve society. Yeah, cool. I'm going to go with. I've got oh, I've got one and a half, two kind of things. Both from the just pick one. Weekend. Just pick one. I can't. I can't. You know, neither you can get this. Oh, I'll go one. It'll come back to me. Surfing that wave. Oh, surfing mindful. the wave of hunger. Yeah, very mindful. So, yeah, so we learned about this this weekend. 
you basically just don't react immediately to that feeling of hunger, um, which actually I've done before at work. Did you know, based in Laura, you spoke about it, said about half an hour, didn't she? That it's a, the hunger comes in waves. If you wait half an hour, it kind of subsides. Yeah, so you literally battle through it for the half hour. It's not generally in, just reactions and stuff, right? Like, I find that work. If I, if I react immediately to a feeling of really being hungry, I eat something and then I'm like, oh, dinner's going to be smaller. Sad times. Whereas if I get through it, actually, I get into a bit of work and I forget about it nine times out of ten. That's why people say, oh, take, go for a walk if you're feeling hungry or something like that. Um, I think you have two different types of hunger as well. You have, like, genuine, I'm really hungry, and you have, I'm bored, I could eat, I could pick. Like today, I've picked at so much cheese because I've been so bored. Um, whereas I've not generally been hungry, so I think mine would be um, being quite mindful about whether you, whether you're actually hungry or whether you're just bored or maybe thirsty or something like that. So maybe try and do something alternative to ride that wave. Go for a walk, get yourself busy, have a drink of water, um, just do anything apart from thinking of food. Next. Nice. Do you Bruce, in it next? You just covered about five in one sentence, mate, I think. Well, it was... Drink more water. I've already said that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> five in one sentence. Please. Um, stick to minimally processed whole foods because they generally contain more water and fiber, which will also keep you more satiated. Um, and I'm going to have a slight side tangent for a, like a, it's one point, but it's... 1.1 so the bullet point under it uh they will the matt's point earlier around keeping foods not necessarily so uh palatable might help so slash the whole foods is more they'll be less palatable potentially unless you just really like broccoli um which will then obviously make mean mean you'd crave less yeah hyper palatable foods is a good one brazil like that's because you said it earlier yeah yeah I can't. I had a bit of a stage where I went through enjoying hyperpalatable foods a bit too much. Mm. Reducing those meant I was more likely to stick to my diet. Easy done. Easy done. Too flexible, bro. Yeah. Do, you, do you even IIFM? Why, 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 previously done it maybe not recently but when i was in my first early stages of trying to lose weight which is uh, he talked about a study where they dieted for two weeks stopped for two weeks so went back to maintaining so obviously maintenance calories being higher than deficit calories and then dieted again for two weeks and then maintained for two weeks because maintaining is a hell of a lot easier and less hungrier than dieting um, and i thought it was a really cool study i need to get hold of the full text uh, just to go through it but I quite like the idea um, of that. I think I've previously called it, uh, you know, sprint jog, sprint jog. It's my, my way I refer to it is where you go for a little sprint and then you slow down to a jog or a slow walk. Kind of that whole digging and cruising or what, what do they call it? Blasting and cruising, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a Martin phrase as well, isn't yeah, it? Blasting yeah. cruising, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's where it came from. Cool. Uh, nothing, right. nothing last one, last one, last one, that's one. High volume foods. So food swaps really like get the stretch receptors in your what are you doing, Brett? I think a fly just landed on my head. Oh right. It looked like you were trying to like Sorry. fight off six ninjas all in one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah, he's flapping his arms about. Uh yeah, so swap out low calorie options for 
bigger amounts, bigger volume uh, than compared to, you know, like a root vegetable mash over a potato or something like that. Yeah, that would be mine. Cool. Or, or celeriac. Next... Ooh, celeriac, yes. Next question, Matthew. Quick, get another Ooh. quick fire. We've got to be quick on this one, though. Come on. Uh, I've lost the... Uh... Everyone's just going to turn the podcast off right now. No, they're not. Let's talk about... Oh, sorry, I'm done. What? The flipping competition. Oh, shit, yeah. September, didn't we? I'll tell you what I'll do. We'll do it for next week. I'll get a random generator and generate... I'll put everyone in and generate and we'll get a thing. Anyway, sorry, side note. I just came Com- to... Competition? When, well, if you've been around, you'd know. If you'd even been yeah. listening... Yeah, if you've even been listening, bro. Uh, I do listen. Yeah, sure. We obviously we've got a competition going. I tell you what, actually, we'll give you all until. So if anyone wants to do any more, if anyone's listening to this tomorrow, which will be Wednesday the fourth. Wednesday the fourth. You you can have until Saturday. No, Friday night. Close the play Friday the sixth. So if you want to get some more reviews in, quickly get them in now to chance to win, and then I will send you. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll send you two protein bars. And anyone that does a review, I'll send you a copy of my amazing ebook, which I've had some incredible feedback for a few people I've sent to you late. So that you can get a copy of that for free as well. Freebies. Yeah, it's good. I've read it. I enjoyed it. Found happy daisy. Right. Got right. Me. So last one. And then I need to go to bed. Um, classic, classic, classic one. Uh, I eat well in the week, but it all goes downhill at the weekend. What can I do to help with this? Eat less at a weekend. Or eat less during the week and save a few calories for the weekend. Oh, I love it. There's a really uh, there's a really good video on Nutrition Made Easier where there's a, a Welsh fella like this. Oh, with a whiteboard. oh boy, oh, like that. It, <laughs> yeah. All you need to do, oh, Indian. <laughs> when did he turn Indian? One of our, one of our Indian friends. <laughs> oh, I can't do. I can't do accents. That was supposed to be Welsh, and he's I'd, like, yeah. I'll tell Basically, you what, if, if sorry, for you, if Johnny hadn't turned up the weekend, I don't think I'd remember what he looked like. <laughs> <laughs> he's always taller than I think. <laughs> he shrinks the, the less time I see him. He shrinks. <laughs> Nutrition made easier, a video series, but find the weekend warrior one. Uh, basically, yeah, reduce your calories in the week is a good one, Ed. Like, you know, go a few light and then you've more flexibility. But the one I wanted to say was think about where you're going wrong at the weekend, uh, where stuff's slipping in. You know, you don't have to eat out for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, which is where I used to go wrong. Um, you know, Eating out should be a social thing, so save it for the evening and just go light during the day. There's no need to treat the weekend as an all-out, you know, Friday night and we start having my Chinese takeaway, which is going to mean I'm going to have breakfast out at the Toby Carvery on, on Saturday because it's all you can eat. And then lunch, I'm going to go to the Duck and Waffle and then evening, I'm going to have a kebab. Like, that, that, was going to, that was going to be kind of my point as well, well kind of. So you said about eating light. Mine was going to be more fast. No, fast and like if you tend to overeat a weekend, just say right, okay, I'm going to, on the weekends I'm going to implement an intermittent fasting or a protein spare modified fast approach, and then just shorten your window of eating. So, all right, you you can still do your socialise and eat more, obviously at the evenings and stuff, but hopefully just by shortening your window, you'll eat less calories overall. And push your tend to sleep in at the weekend, so you're not getting up at seven o'clock, so you're hungry by eight o'clock. 
you're probably getting up at nine or even ten o'clock, so you can get on. Till Speak 12. for yourself, bro. All right, just me. Speak for yourself. Me, me and Morgan are up grinding. Hashtag grinding every Saturday morning, Sunday morning. I prefer to grind yeah. at night. <laughs> I've, heard, I've, heard, I've heard that especially after this week Oy! oh my god I can't believe I've just done two ways in the podcast <laughs> I don't even know, know what to say no I mean either because obviously everyone's listening to think they're so childish these lads <laughs> I was Sorry, referring people, to dance not dance for us oh. Oh, yeah me too what, what, what do you think people think something like that Cool. Right. Is that done? Matt's gone. I think. <laughs> I think Matt's out. He's out enough. Um, I think we're. Uh, yeah. Have we answered that question enough? I think so. I suppose they're the main things in it. Either save some calories. Um, use intermittent fasting to shorten your window, or maybe just you know, don't not seen fasting, but just reduce maybe eat a bit lighter during the day to to camp the evening. Um, Otherwise, the same tips we've already said about consistency and helping the hunger is probably the same things you could use at a weekend. So, like drink more, eat more protein to try and stop you going mad at weekends. Or just be really fucking boring and just sit at home and then hopefully you won't be going out anymore. If you're going out the weekends and drinking drink mixes, you get drunk faster and it's less calories. Drink mixes. Oh, you mean drink diet mixes and yeah, white yeah. clear, clear spirits. Just clear just spirits. The mixer. No spirits, just the mixer. Basically, don't do what we did Saturday night and drink bloody sparkle bombs. Cheers, Seb. Um, Champagne. Especially Yeah, no, that was like jugs of sangria shit or something, cocktails. or I don't know what it was, but like there was jugs of cocktails and colourful shots and oh god, the one was wobbly on their feet. Nice, nice. Right, let's go. Let's go. All right, boys. Let's call it a night. Catch you later. It's been fun. It's been fun. Bonjour. Bye, everyone. Bonjour. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.